Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF 21 Sports. Everything daily sports takes, five things from yesterday, fantasy football takes, me bitching about Michigan State, Detroit sports, become part of the sports betting team. You can find my work right there. Hit me up there. On Instagram at ETOF 21 Sports underscore. If you're interested in becoming part of the sports betting team, that's where you hook me up. For free horse racing picks at on Instagram at etop21sports underscore horse underscore racing. And for my fantasy football takes, everything that I'm going to be doing throughout the fantasy football season, you can find it at etop21sports underscore fantasy. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe the day is finally here? We have college football. And guys, everything was free. I gave everything away from free, but now membership started. So... Hopefully, you guys were able to cash some tickets. NASCAR plays will continue to be free on here with Brandon coming on each and every week. He'll be on later in the show. But now, guys, it's a pay service. So if you guys are interested in becoming part of the team, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram and you can start your package. Today, we have two plays in college football that have been sent out on week zero. Not going to lie. This week is always a little weird. I'm so glad that it's here, but it's really weird like seeing this week. And having a couple of games. But I'm locked and loaded. I can't wait for them. It's actually a great day of sports today. Loaded day of horse racing. Travers is today. Delmar Classic is today. We have UFC fight card today. Daytona racing at night. MLB baseball. Wow. Great day. And everything you need will have plays for. Hit me up if you're ready to become part of the team. Because I'm ready to cash some tickets after yesterday's off day. In terms of the draft guide, draft guide, everything is being updated. A lot of moves this week in NFL, and I'm a little behind the eight ball. I got to update everything in terms of Sony Michelle going, Jameis Winston being named the starter, Teddy Bridgewater being named the starter. And it's kind of a revolving door. What people don't realize is, case in point, Teddy Bridgewater. With Teddy Bridgewater being named the starter, most people are like, oh, you know, it really doesn't affect that. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, it does. It affects Cortland Sutton greatly. Sutton's a field stretcher, likes to get up and down the field, looking needs a quarterback that's going to take some chances and put the ball in a tight window where he can go up and make a play. That's exactly what Teddy Bridgewater is not. So Sutton's going to be moving down in my rankings. My boy, Javante Williams, who I was able to get on another team in a draft last night, auction draft, went a little different than I expected. It really doesn't change him because Bridgewater is not really a check down Charlie to a running back guy. So it really doesn't affect him that much. The Jameis Winston, obviously, that affects Callaway the most. He's Winston's number one target by far. And you can see there's definitely been a connection there. So he's going to be moved up my draft board. So now since some starters have been named in some key positions, the rankings will definitely be changed. But obviously the big move is Sony Michelle to the Rams. So let's kind of sit back and kind of digest what this means. A, this is a contract year for Sony Michelle. And as I've stated numerous times, nothing motivates people more than money. So obviously, he's going to be playing to set up his financial future. So you're going to be expecting a better effort than normal than you would from. I know that sounds crazy, but trust me, guys, I've been doing this for years. Number two, he is going to arguably one of the best running systems in the whole NFL 
with the Rams. You got the McVay zone running system where, let's face it, my fat ass could probably run for 1,000 yards. So this is a great place for Sony Michelle to go to. And now everyone on here that is saying, well, this won't cut into Daryl Henderson. Guys, let's take a timeout. If the Rams are really that high in Daryl Henderson, would they have traded for Sony Michelle and traded away draft picks? The answer is no. And that's really hard for people to grasp and to understand. It's kind of like why they drafted Cam Akers in the second round last year. They're not going to be throwing away assets or wasting draft picks if Daryl Henderson was the guy. It's time for these guys that have been Daryl Henderson lovers for the last couple years, swallow the pill, accept you were wrong, and move on. It's okay. But the Rams are kind of telling us, hey, we don't like this guy. He's not what he thought he was. And we're going to move on. Also, Daryl Henderson isn't that big. He's not going to be able to get in inside the green zone, which is inside the 10-yard line. So this move speaks volumes that Michelle is going to be put in a great position to be a top 10 fantasy football running back in the Sean McVay system. So if you can get Michelle, you should totally do it. I'm going to be moving him up. He's going to be a top 50 player this year. He's going to be top 50 in my rankings easily this year. So definitely look to move up Sony Michelle on your draft board. He'll be on my draft board, guys. That should be updated by tomorrow. My deepest apologies. But there's been so many moving parts. It just takes time to get everything lined up and everything. Now, in terms of the Patriots backfield, Obviously, this is going to be the Damian Harris show. I've seen a lot of people tout other people, but my guess would be the Damian Harris show. But again, the Patriots are notorious for having 50 million running backs and every one of them getting touches, have it be the last couple of years, Burkhead, White, Michelle, Harris. For that matter, I'm just completely fucking staying away from this backfield. I want nothing to motherfucking do with this backfield. So that's kind of it for the fantasy football talk. Again, I apologize, guys. Stuff will be updated later today or early tomorrow morning. Now, other news. ESPN made some big news last couple of days. Rachel Nichols is out. Now, anyone that knows me knows I am not the biggest Rachel Nichols fan. And when the stuff broke, what she said about my girl Taylor last year, which was leaked out over the summer right before the NBA Finals, made me not stand this lady even more. And I didn't even think that was possible. I thought The Jump was a trash TV show. It really didn't do anything for me at all. There's a lot better NBA content on the web. But the fact of the matter is ESPN handled this awfully. Nichols threw a fit that Taylor was going to be co-hosting NBA stuff with her. She called LeBron James's associate and Rich Paul to bitch. Why are you going outside the ESPN umbrella to bitch? And then to say what you said, obviously, as soon as that came out, ESPN should have just cut all ties right there. And that speaked volumes to me what kind of person Rachel Nichols was. And now Taylor left to go to NBC. Taylor wanted $8 million a year. ESPN came back with $5 million a year. So $3 million off, plus factor in what Nichols said and how poorly ESPN handled it. Totally makes sense. Taylor's out. Now you're without Rachel Nichols. So your two most prominent lead anchors for, e- for NBA are completely gone. And ESPN has a lot of money tied into the NBA. 
So ESPN really fucking fumbled the ball right here with everything going on. I'm not sure how they're going to handle their coverage for the NBA moving forward. I really like Cassidy Hubbard. I think she's great. She could come in. I would really like to see her be the lead anchor for the halftime in the pregame show. I think she'd do a great job. But then again, I'm really not sure. Does she even work for ESPN? I don't recall off the top of my head where she works, but I think she would be the replacement that makes the most sense moving forward for ESPN. But again, ESPN completely handled this awfully. They should have acted right away. Now they have Nichols under contract for a year, and she's just going to be sitting on her ass cashing a paycheck. So yeah, ESPN handled this awfully, but what do you expect from ESPN? They've been a sinking ship for a while, and have a lot of people that are on the air there that are fucking clueless with what they're talking about. But that's it for my little rant of the day. Let's jump into the show. Guys, we have a great show today. We have Elena from Dresses and Salted Pretzels coming on. She's going to talk about the podcast she's going to be doing that is going to be a live podcast that is going to be every Tuesday that actually starts this Tuesday. And we're going to have Brandon come on. Brandon and I have cashed two straight winners in NASCAR of over 20 to 1. We're looking for the turkey, looking for hitting three winners in a row. So let's jump right into the show, guys. So now I want to welcome Elena to the show. Elena is going to be starting a new weekly live podcast with her dresses and salted pretzel crew. Elena, how are you doing today? Great, Eric. How's it going? Uh, No complaints. A little hot up here in Michigan. How's the weather down in uh, Texas? Scorching. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's like I'm in a goddamn sauna here. It's 90 and I hate it. Um, I tell you, by, by August, I am ready to move back to Illinois. Oh my God. Like, I hate this part of the summer and it pains me to say that because I know, like, where I am, it's going to be like negative 100 in like three months and it's going to suck. But um, before we jump into your podcast and everything, you guys are going to be starting up pretty soon. You run the Dresses and Salted Pretzel account. Why don't you tell everyone how the concept of this account came to be and how you like came up with the ideas and your inspiration for it? Sure. Thanks. I appreciate that question um, because it has definitely evolved since we first started it and I believe it was July of 2019. Uh, my friend Brittany and I were attending the ESPYs and we were all dressed up, makeup, hair done, gowns, you name it. And before the show started, you would have found us dipping a salted pretzel into cheese and drinking a couple of beers. So we just kind of started laughing about how fancy we looked. Um, However, you know, you can take the ballpark out of the grill, but not the ballpark. Uh, And I just said that totally incorrectly. (laughs) But you can take the grill out of the ballpark, but not the ballpark out of the grill. So that's where the concept started. You know, we... There are a lot of very prominent females that have sports Instagram accounts and, you know, you've got your females that kind of do what to wear to ball games and we wanted to bring our backgrounds, which we are both college athletes and then uh, attend a lot of sporting events, rightfully so, and kind of infuse that together and bring a different angle to Instagram with kind of best of all worlds there. Now, what did you and Brit, Brittany play in college? So I played college golf at Missouri State, and Brittany was a diver at Ohio State. 
Oh, wow. So automatically, because of the Ohio State connection, I've decided I like you a lot more than Brittany because I can't stand Ohio State. Um, The one thing I like about the account is you going off, like you said, to different sporting events. What is by far the best sporting event you've ever been to and experienced live? Well, I watched the Cubs lose in game four of the World Series. And that has absolutely been the best sporting event I've ever been to, even with the loss. I went by myself, and I was sitting by complete strangers, but if, you know, I, I know you've been to a lot of Cubs games. You never meet a stranger at a Cubs game or at Wrigley Field. And I didn't even realize that we were losing until the seventh inning because I was having so much damn fun. And then purposely missed my flight the next day, told my boss that, uh, you know, that I had had flight issues and couldn't make it to work the next day so I could see the Cubs win in Wrigley Field the next day on Game (laughs) 5. I will be the first to admit I am not a Cubs fan at all, but during that point in my life, I was dating Joe Carter's daughter. So because of that connection, I was able to go to pretty much, I think I went to like five games. We were at game six when they came back and uh, won it, and we ran into Jake Arietta in the casino by Jacobs Field, which is one of the crazier nights of my life. Um, on the flip side of that, what is the worst sporting event you've been to? Oh, man. The worst sporting event Okay, I'm going to get a lot of shame for this, I'm sure. But I was living in Brazil in 2014, and on the 4th of July, I went to France versus Germany World Cup match. And you would think any World Cup game would be an amazing experience to go to, but I will tell you it was the most boring game, and it's known as one of the most boring games that you've ever seen at the World Cup. So, you know, I'm there in my USA gear because it's 4th of July, and the crowd was just dead. The only people that were cheering were the Brazilians, and, you know, the the Germany side and and the French side, it was just a completely boring game. I believe it ended with a tie 1-1, and, you know, nobody likes to see a tie. So that's also one of the reasons I'm not a huge soccer fan. I have never been to a soccer match in my life. I want to go down to one to the Chicago Fire, but I've never had an opportunity to. Um, now, your account is called Dresses and Salted Pretzels. What is the best stadium salted pretzel you've had? Zero. Really? If you've ever had a salted pretzel at any stadium game, they're terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not one to jump to conclusions, but you said you liked to down a couple, a couple Pilsners. So... Even with a little a little loose, they still don't taste that good? Yeah, no. They're always very dry. Um, you can just lick the salt off of them and basically lick the cheese off of the salted pretzel, and then you're good to go. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm not much of a salted pretzel guy, but that's good to know, so I'll never order one if I, next time I go to the game. Um, now it's let's talk... Fail, though. It's like we're a glutton for punishment because we get one every single game. And you just have the standard that maybe it will reach it and you always get let down, basically is what you're saying. Always a letdown. Now, let's talk about your podcast. Why don't you tell everyone how you guys came up with the idea and what is going to be on the show? Sure. So we are actually the southern appendage of whichever appendage you'd like to uh, think about there of a group called Sports Life Talk, and they are out of Dallas. 
So there is already a podcast called Sports Life Talk, and they have been, we have been guests on their show a few times. I have co-hosted on their show a few times, and their producer, uh, the head coach, KT, has asked us to start this podcast for over a year. But I had just started a new job and had quite a few health issues, and so I said there is no way that I will be able to do a podcast on top of everything else. And we finally came to a place um, that we felt like we were ready to start the podcast and brought on a third member, Ms. El Paso. And uh, so KT is producing this show as well, and we are Sports Life Talk South. So there's a Dallas connection and now a Houston connection. Now, how did you first get in touch with these guys and connected with these guys to become a guest on their show? They actually found us on Instagram. And I am not for sure. We don't know who followed whom first, but they were a fan of ours on Instagram and asked to do um, kind of a collab with them. And uh, they, they actually have a, a secondary podcast called Who's Got Next? And those are just interviews. So during their regular podcast, which is on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., you can watch it live on YouTube or Facebook. They talk about the sports, they talk about life, they talk about, you know, what's going on with celebrity gossip, they have a drink of the week and an athlete of the week that they that they showcase, but um, when they do their interviews, it's a separate podcast, and that's called Who's Got Next, and only two of them out of that group facilitate that podcast. Now, what is your podcast going to be centered on, and what's the format kind of going to be? So we kind of feel if it's broke, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So we're following somewhat of the same agenda that they follow on Wednesday evenings. But it's going to be Tuesdays for only thirty minutes at seven o'clock to get us started. You know, we want to start off with thirty minutes because we kind of like the round robin, quick commentary and discussion rather than than a full hour. So we're going to see how it goes. We might move to a full hour. But we are kicking it off with a uh, an athlete. Then we're going to talk about what's happening in sports, you know, two to three segments on that. And then we have a celebrity gossip segment that is ran by Ms. El Paso. And then I've got a Spotify playlist of the week. And then we end with a really fun segment that I'm actually not going to tell you about. You're just going to have to tune in and watch. Oh, so a little bit of a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, got to keep it interesting. Now, one of the big things going around H-Town is this whole Deshaun Watson situation. The million-dollar question is, do you feel like he's going to play this year in Houston? I do not think that he is going to play, and I think that he will be lucky if all of this is cleared up for him to be traded next year. So what is the vibe around town about him? You know, it's... It's interesting because there's been a lot more of um, outspoken Houstonians in regards to the Astros and the cheating scandal with them and the trash cans than there has been about Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you, Eric, I have nobody talks about it. I mean, the majority of the conversations that I've had has either been in regards to being on a podcast and discussing it. But, you know, nobody is really talking about it, and at least in my circles around town. 
everybody's kind of just sitting back and waiting to see what happens because there's been the charges, but there's actually been nothing that has happened um, since those charges were filed, just a lot of chatter. Now, of course, the FBI recently just got involved, but that's more of the extortion side of it, and that's in you know defense of Deshaun Watson. So everybody's just kind of like, it's a wait-and-see situation. The whole you know, thing's just weird to me, like, that it's taken, like, this long for, and nothing has come about it, and then the lawyer is friends with the owner of the Texans. I don't know, like, the whole yeah. thing just doesn't make sense to me. And No, I completely agree. And, you know, I mean, the Texans aren't friendly with Deshaun Watson either, so... <laughs> I know, and it, I, if it's true... I will never be more dis- disappointed in someone I've never met before because I've loved this kid since his Clemson days. And I hope yeah. to God it's not true, but I, it's just, what is it, like 25 women now? Yeah, well, I think it was it was 22 at least. That's just mind-boggling. So you feel he'll never play another down in Houston again and he'll get traded in the offseason? That's, that's what I think will happen, yeah. And, and, you know, Eric, I'm completely with you. I'm not, I'm a Bears fan. I'm not a huge Texans fan. I like to go to the games. I used to go for work all the time. I was able to go to the Super Bowl here in Houston, which was tons of fun and probably surprised that I didn't say that that was my best sporting experience, but I didn't necessarily have a dog in the fight with the teams that were playing. Um, And, you know, it's, I mean, he was absolutely the quarterback of our dreams as far as Houstonians go in the Texans. And just like you said, him playing at Clemson, he and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, you couldn't have two better players coming from Clemson to play for the Texans. And once DeAndre was traded and he was gone, that definitely deflated the feelings for the Texans here in Houston. And I've got a lot of friends that said they're going to have to find another team. You know, they'll never support the Texans again just because of all the bad moves that the organization has made. I mean, it's basically a shit show. I hate to dog on them, but the Houston... No, it totally is. It absolutely is a shit show. They've overtaken my Lions as the worst ran organization in the NFL. Now, you mentioned you're a Bears fan. What are your hopes for the Bears this season? So, I am extremely excited about Justin Fields, even though, as you know, he came from Ohio State, so you're probably not a fan at all. So, real quick question. Are you a Michigan fan? Is that why you hate Ohio State? I'm a Michigan State guy, so I you're just... You're a right? Yeah. Go green. Go white. So... <laughs> but, like, it just seems when, and, like, I live in the burbs, there's actually, like, people have a lot of hope now. Do you feel like you have your guy of the future? I think we have our quarterback for the future. So I, I, I do feel that way. Yeah, I've got I have those sentiments for sure. And hopefully we get to keep Mac Attack. I know teams have been looking at him as well. The Bears have said no way, we're not getting rid of him. But, you know, I think that we can build a team around those two and be very successful. I don't think it's gonna be this year. Um but hopefully we can at least have a winning record and uh, <laughs> now and we the hope for the future there. Now, what about Matt Nagy? I'm not the biggest Matt Nagy guy. How do you feel about Matt Nagy? I'm not a very, I'm not a huge fan of Nagy's. It's somewhat indifferent with me. I don't, you know, I don't have the haterade there for him necessarily. And 
it'll be interesting to see if they keep him now that we've got a quarterback like Fields. It's kind of weird. Like, he, I, I don't know how he still has a job, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. he just, I don't know. Um, now, you said you're going to talk about celebrity gossip. One of the big gossips going around the NBA is Sonia and Del Curry breaking up. Do you have any thoughts on that couple breaking up after all these years? You know, it's a shame. 34 years, was it, that they were married? Yep. Yeah, and I love seeing, you know, I feel like it's kind of a basketball diaries or for love and basketball kind of uh, Cinderella. Not Cinderella, but, you know, like, I like the story, right? I like that they were both college athletes. She was a fantastic volleyball player. He was a basketball player. He went on to play for the NBA. They have these extremely successful children, you know, it's it's definitely from the outside. It's all kind of rainbows and butterflies looking into it. Um, I you know I think it's a shame. I don't really have any information about it. There hasn't you know they they have released a few statements and they are all very positive to one another. You know, so it's not like necessarily the smoke and jay color breakup, right? <laughs> it's uh, it, it seems like it's pretty amicable. I just, you know, hate to see it after 34 years. My my parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary this year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. My, my parents. Really, really impressive. We didn't go anywhere because of COVID, but hopefully we'll be headed to Hawaii to celebrate them next year. Oh, wow. My parents are in the 40s for their anniversary. I'm not sure what year. Um, You mentioned Jay Cutler. One of my favorite TV shows, and this is, we didn't go over this. Was that show that him and um, oh my god the girl from Laguna Beach? Now it's kind of remarkable. Like I was when this was going on, I was trying to think about it. He was so hated in Chicago, <laughs> and now he's like popular as hell in the city, and everyone likes him. I mean, that's quite a turnaround. He was able to pull off, and I think it's because of that TV show. No. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, he, and I mean, you know, hit the nail on the head. Completely hated, not only by his own team, but every other team as well. Bad, bad attitude. And then he has has uh, had a repeat fame, I guess you could say, with, with the show that he was on with Kristen Cavallari. It, I, I'll tell you, I, the whole Smoke and Jay thing, the t-shirts and the posters and the memes started to turn me to like him more just because I found that hilarious and if I think something's funny I you know I tend to somewhat change my opinion and then I did not religiously watch the show but I would watch clips of him on the internet and on Instagram of him on the show and it also drew me to become more of a fan of his I find him hilarious I think so he's I just great. would have shown more of that personality on the field <laughs> I think he's great, and I'm not gonna. I have no shame in the game. Like when that show was on, and he was on it, I totally was watching that. Like I actually said, I think I set a DVR to watch it. It was hilarious, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. Like Tom Brady. Now I don't know how you feel about Tom Brady. When he was at New England, like everyone hated him, but now it's, he like yeah. goes down to Tampa, and it's like everyone likes him. It's kind of weird, like just a change of personality, a change of personality, change of scenery can't happen so I guess let me ask you a question on the spot do you feel like because right now everyone hates Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay do you feel like if he changes teams is that going to happen to him like a change of scenery people are going to like him he's going to become more fun right more funner like Brady did uh that's a good question I think that you know if Aaron was to do 
more, um, you know, celebrity cameos on Jeopardy, then he'll definitely bring back some of that fandom. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of, I was, I was going to mention about Tom Brady is, yeah, so he went down to Florida. Everybody seems to be a fan now. He was definitely hated the Patriots, but there's a whole conglomerate of things with that. But Tom started doing a lot more cameos on TV, commercials. He did the whole golf thing, right? And I think that that starts to turn the perception of the people that are watching not only the sports, but just, you know, regular TV or reality TV as well. And Aaron Rodgers, I would say that Aaron outside of Green Bay is is very well liked in general. Um, and so I don't, I don't know that your Green Bay fans would follow him and then support him as a quarterback for another team, but I don't think that it would affect the perception of, of everyone else that's, if they're not Green Bay fans. Um, I think generally speaking, people like Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. Oh, I think he's a douchebag. I think he's a huge douchebag. I can't stand him. Like, I honestly, there are a few people in sports I can't stand. I think Aaron Rodgers is one, and actually J.J. Watt is two. I mean, those are my top two people in sports I legitimately can't stand at all. Oh, I mean, neither one of those are on your most hated list, though. I mean, I just, those, I don't know, like, I just can't stand those two. For whatever reason, I just can't stand those two. Uh, Elena, I want to thank you for coming on the show a, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your podcast and everything and all your social media accounts? All right, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. You can find us on at dresses underscore and salted pretzels on Instagram. And you can also find the podcast on YouTube live Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. from 7 to 7.30 and that YouTube is under Sports Life Talk South. Awesome, guys. Make sure you take take a chance, take time and check that out. And we look forward to having you on again. Thank you for having me. And also, thank you so much for your support. It's been a, you know, a great relationship with you via Instagram, chatting about sports all the time. I love it. I've enjoyed the back and forth talking about sports, too, and look forward to a lot of shit talking this NFL season when my Lions play your Chicago Bears. Thanks for coming on again, and guys, make sure you definitely check out that show, which is premiering this Tuesday. I'll make sure that I have the link in my bio, and I'll make a post for it. Thanks again for coming on, Elena. It's that time of the show, NASCAR talk. Brandon from Off the Post Boston Sports is coming on. Brandon, how are you doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? I'll tell you what, after cashing another juicy winner plus 2,100, that's two winners in a row, over twenty. And a one to hire that we've given out. I'm doing pretty good, man. Dude, it feels great. I think that's either number eight or nine for us this year. And to hit back to back, going into a week that I, or you and I, have both labeled off air as a shit show. So this this week will be a little bit different strategy for those of you that are listening. Now, before we jump into the betting aspect of the race, this race is the last race before the playoffs start. And it's a little interesting because Larson is leading Hamlin by 28 points to get the bonus of finishing one for the year. Also, there's two positions still up for grabs. Harvick is 82 points above the quote-unquote cut line. Reddick is five points above the cut line. Harvick has qualified for the playoffs every year since 2009. 
Last year, Harvick missed the round of four. Could the unthinkable happen and Harvick actually miss the playoffs this year? To be completely honest, they have officially locked Harvick in. So the final spot, because you only get one point per position. So the most points you can get besides stage points for a first place win, I believe, is about 40. And then your stage points. So Harvick mathematically cannot be eliminated. It is strictly down to that final spot that Reddick is currently holding on to. So Reddick is the guy that's racing for his future, basically. Absolutely. And Austin Dillon right behind him and then Matty D. It's uh it's gonna be a lot. Now, Hamlin is the betting favorite right now, and rightfully so with his history that he's had at this track. Um but I will say this, he's historically struggled on the second Daytona race. At his price of plus seven fifty, can you even back him? And it cut out for me for a second. Who was that? At Hamlin's price of plus seven fifty, can you back him? Oh, not no, not at all. Not worth it. Um, this we all know it's checkers or wreckers, and we will have a big one. It is going to happen at some point, whether it's lap five or lap ninety, like it's a no-brainer it's going to happen, so I'm not going to take a pocket of money and throw it on a guy like Hamlin when we don't even know what the outcome is even remotely going to be. Now, you mentioned Michael McDowell. Last February, obviously the surprise runner of the race, his average finish is 11.71 in the seven races with one win, two top fives, three top tens, and his lowest finishing position is 26. He's currently at 35-1. to one. That's tempting, but it's almost like a little too low of a price for someone. I think they're respecting him a little too much. I agree. Um, when I brought his name up, I did not realize he was only 35. I don't see that worth it either. You've got to go for long shots here. Now, like we talked about off air, I will bet with my heart. Season finale. He loves Daytona. Hendricks is good at Daytona. I'm definitely going to grab Chase Elliott. At either twelve to one on sports on uh, DraftKings or fourteen to one on Bovada, that is going from the heart. But at the same time, seeing a guy like himself defending champ at a double money odd, I'm definitely going to grab him as my as my favorite to win, but not bank on him at the same time. One guy I like, and I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger. Is Austin Dillon? He's at plus fifteen hundred. He obviously needs to win to get in. He has an average finish of fourteen point one four, two top fives, three top tens. I want to take him, but I'll be honest, dude. At fifteen to one, I really just don't think there's value with Austin Dillon. I don't want to force bets at a super speedway. So I, you just hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to force anybody to force a bet at fifteen to one and it being a super speedway. But if there is a car. There's a number on a car and a driver that's done well at Daytona. It would be Austin Dillon in the three Chevrolet for Richard Childress. And he is going to move people. You're going to see throughout the race, he is going to make moves that other people don't want to make because he knows he has to win this race or his teammate basically has to finish in dead last for him to get in. So, I'm not going to force Austin Dillon, but I absolutely would say if he is in your mindset or on the table for you, I would grab him at 15-1 to 1 personally. Now, one guy I really like this week is Chris Buescher at 40-1. to 1. Needs to win. Yes. Average finish of 15.29. 
at Daytona. I'm definitely going to lock Busher in as one of my few bets this week just because I want to back people that need to win. Yes, um, Busher as well. Um, to your point, you're backing people that need to win. You just said it. And I'm, I'm saying exactly what you just said, which is irrelevant at this point, but you can't not grab somebody like him. Any of these guys that are not in the playoffs and it's a must-win to get in, it is a no-brainer to grab them, guys, especially at these odds. I mean, the odds are huge, and the chances for them to win a race is this track. Even moving forward, when we get into the playoffs, we're not just going to be betting on guys that are strictly in the playoffs. You still have a full field of 40 drivers. But when it's a win to get in and it's a super speedway, it's anybody's game. Now, speaking it's anyone's game, there's one driver that has won me an insane amount of money, and he's also cost me some money because of it, the way he drives, but it's Ricky Stenhouse. I always just back Ricky Stenhouse at a super speedway. Historically, he's done better at Talladega, but honestly, at Ricky's current price of, I believe, 20 to 8 to 1, I feel I need to take a shot. Oh, excuse me, 22 to 1, I feel I need to take a shot at him. You can take the shot. There's nothing wrong with grabbing Stenhouse. The man does well at these tracks. He forces himself into places. The only downside to Stenhouse People call him Wreck-It Ricky. A lot of drivers don't like working with him at super speedways because he's reckless. And he will he has caused multiple accidents, forced people out of the way. He's a great guy to grab, but depending on how much teammate how many teammates or teamwork he's gonna get throughout the day, that can be the only question mark with him. And the last guy we've already mentioned, I definitely, I'm going to back Reddick. I mean, 30 to 1, he's racing to get in. And I definitely feel at that price at 30 to 1, you got to take a swing because I want to back people that have to race for something. Correct. So I'm, I'm definitely all in on him. Um, one guy that's sitting with some high odds, Stuart Hawk, Bull Custer, 66 to 1. He got into the playoffs last year with a win with one. Crazy when nobody expected. I do like his odds. They're out the roof. Another guy sitting there with him. And guys, personally, my betting card is going to be very, very large. But the amount of risk is going to be very low. Um, unlike in Daniel Suarez, what a story that would be with how bad of an overall season it's been for him. If he were to pull off a win at Daytona, 66 to 1 odds to sneak into the playoffs. First year team team just announced that they're going to have a second car next year and then they sneak into the playoffs and it's Daniel Suarez that'd be a hell of a story yeah I like that kid a lot I'll probably add him to my card as well one, um, one guy one long shot very very long long shot 400 to 1 on Bovada Anthony Alfredo oh look at he's 100 to 1 He's a hundred to one on yours. Yeah, so that's definitely, it's, guys. That definitely shows you why you have to have different books. Because I'm looking at DraftKings right now. Brandon can't play on DraftKings because the state he lives in. But it's always good to have different books to shop because that's a huge price differential. Yes. Now, I just want to label a couple quick guys to think about that we haven't talked about, and I don't want to get into a full discussion with them, but just for you guys to look out with odds. Ross Chastain been in the mix to get into the playoffs, forty to one. Matty D. 25 to 1, and then a well known driver in Martin Truex Jr. also sitting at 25 to 1. 
And also, for DraftKings, guys, we have to remember, since Corey LaJoy didn't race last week, he's going all the way to the back of the pack. So, obviously, he's going to be the chalk. So, if you're playing 50-50s, I definitely think, as crazy as it sounds, Corey LaJoy is going to be the chalk that you have to have in your race. Just because, 100%. Just because of the uh, differential he could get. Now, let's really quickly, let's jump into group winners. Uh, group A, we have Denny Hamlin, Kozlowski, Kyle, and Logano. Repeat that for me one more time. I'm sorry. Hamlin, Kozlowski, Logano, and Kyle Busch. Kyle. Larson, Blaney, Elliot, Harvick. Elliot. Dylan, Stenhouse, Matty D, Almarillo. Bubba, Newman, Truex, Reddick. Bubba, Newman, Truex, or Reddick? Yep. Um, guys, it's I'm telling you, it's a shit show. But I'm not gonna pass up taking Martin Truex amongst that list of drivers. That's interesting. McDowell, Chastain, Busher, Eric Jones. Testing. Cluster, Suarez, Briscoe, uh, Ryan P. Cluster. Uh, matchups. Hamlin, Larson. Uh, God, they would do that. I'm going to say Hamlin, Hamlin sneaks away with a regular season win because something happens to Larson, so I'm going Hamlin on that. Cluster, Suarez. I'm going to do Suarez because we took Custer in the group bet. Byron Logano. Logano. Stenhouse McDowell. Stenhouse McDowell. Elliot Blaney. Elliot. Uh, Reddick Chastain. Reddick. Dylan Kozlowski. Dylan. Last one, Harvick Almarello. That's weird. I'm gonna take Harvick, but uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Brandon, and mind you guys, in, in these head to heads, real quick, in these head to heads and group bets, it is a shit show. It is a risk. These are not like our normal weeks that we do, where I can sit here and speak confidence, and you can speak confidence of. This guy definitely over that guy. This is a shit show. It is survival. That's it. Survival and having a teammate at the end to push you to the front. So it can be major win or major bust when it comes to ROI at a super speedway. Just keep that in mind. Exactly. And that's why my betting card is going to be four or five deep, not risking more than two and a half units, to be honest with you guys. Absolutely. So, again, Brandon, thanks for coming on. Um why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, social media, and uh, everything? Yeah, off the post Boston Sports for all your Boston sports needs. But if you are into all racing, Boston Boy 83 on Twitch for iRacing, things are rolling really good for us. It's kind of been crappy this week at Daytona with all the wrecks. But uh, 
BossingBoy83 on Instagram, Twitch, all the above. Uh, hopefully we can cash in three weeks in a row. I've never done that before, and hoping we can uh, keep this money train rolling. Hey, first time for everything. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Let's cash some tickets, and we'll talk next week, my friend. Absolutely. Have a good one, bud. Guys, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank today's guest. Elena, thanks for coming on, talking about your new podcast. Guys, make sure you check that out. I will be sending out the link on my social media accounts, so make sure you tune in on Tuesday. Also, thank my main man, Brandon, for coming on and talking a little NASCAR. Also, some big news. Gino said it when I was on with him two weeks ago. Him and I are going to be doing a live stream every NFL Sunday. We'll be talking about fantasy football, starting sits, daily fantasy lineups, little sports betting. I'll give away some picks for free, so definitely be on the lookout for that. I'll start to give more information as we get closer to the start of the NFL season. Guys, great show. Thanks for tuning in. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. I'll talk to everyone next week.